Today on episode 18 of the 11pm Somewhere podcast, I ask why can't brewers in Ireland sell their produce on-site in their breweries? Welcome to the 11pm Somewhere podcast, I'm the ghost ninja of the Irish craft beer scene, Ian Bergen, and each week I jump on my beer crate, adorned with my craft beer parachute, shooing away the bland taste of stullards of the beer producing word, to lend my voice to the Irish craft beer revolution. Thanks for daring to put the world's most dangerous craft beer podcast into your ears this week. So this week on the show, as you heard from the top, I want to talk about some of the issues that are facing Irish craft brewers and one in particular that I really want to focus in on and talk about specifically is the idea of craft beer producers and also craft cider producers being able to sell their produce on site in their breweries either for people to taste there and then or to take away or even to sell direct out to the world through the internet without the need of additional licensing. You know when I look at this and you dig into it a bit deeper the impediments to craft beer and craft cider producers being able to sell on site, it's underpinned by some really antiquated, preposterous legislation. And it's the kind of legislation that you would kind of see sitting there if someone was trying to take a run to some form of prohibition. Uh, I mean, it's bad enough that this law, it's the way, or the laws, the way they actually stand right now, they're actually geared more towards in favour of macro breweries and those with extremely deep pockets who can afford to shell out for additional licensing required to actually go and do this on site. And when I'm talking about the the laws it stands right now, it actually states that the license for brewers authorizes the sale of beer in any quantity not less than two and a quarter gallons to a person who's licensed to sell beer by retail and in any quantity not less than four and a half gallons or two dozen reputed quart bottles to any other person. Quart gallons? I mean, this alone lets you know just how antiquated this is. And what's worse is, uh, beer in this country actually falls under the remit of board beer because it actually falls under a food item rather than being an alcoholic beverage. And European law, as it stands, mandates that all measurements have got to be in metric. I mean, if this is the case, why does our legislation still refer to gallons and quarts? Uh, it's it's insane, and it's bad enough that like at a recent event that board beer held for like whiskey and craft beer producers, in not so many words, craft beer producers were told to go and fucking swing, and that there was almost next near any help for them whatsoever, while in the same breath, they're like the genie in the lamp popping up for wh- craft whiskey producers and granting them their three wishes, including uh, being able to help them get like about 75% of their costs back. You know, it's utterly insane, and I'm almost half attempted or half tempted to accuse sort of board beer of being just far too pro Diageo and Guinness with this. And you know, just hear me out on this before you start giving me shit over being a tinfoil wearing hat fashionista. You know, I've said this countless before on the podcast. I've yet to have anyone disagree with me on this as well. When you think about Ireland and beer, you automatically link Guinness into that equation. I mean, Guinness is an important part of our economy, and whether we like what they produce or not, or our views on them as a macro brewery, um, and the way that they lobby and that the way they go about their business relating to uh, 
beer in this country. The Guinness Storehouse in 2012 was actually listed as Ireland's top overseas tourist attraction. And, you know, it pulls in, give or take, around a million visitors a year. And this is something which isn't lost on board Fulcher or on board Bia when beer falls under their remit. And, you know, I kind of get the feeling in one respect that no one wants to do anything to ups- upset this sort of Irish behemoth, especially when tours to this and other craft breweries can uh, coexist. And they don't want to do anything which is going to upset the apple cart too much. Um, you know, beer production for craft beer producers in Ireland and craft cider producers, let's be really clear about this, it's over-regulated. And, you know, there is an unbelievable amount of red tape that's involved. And look, I get that there's the Helen Lovejoys of the world who want us to think of the children and protect us from ourselves. But craft beer in Ireland right now, according to, like, Board Beer's report last month stated that at, even at this point... Like from a, a, an almost standing still base, it was now at 1.5% of sales and 0.3% of production in Ireland. And this was, against the previous year, was up 43% on that. And the year before that, that was up in double-digit figures. The growth in craft beer that they're seeing in terms of double-digit figures, that is not happening in the macro part of the beer industry in this country. In fact, it's a part of... Uh, growth that you're starting to see people like Molson Coors following their acquisition of Franciscan Well, the introduction of crafties into Ireland where Smithicks and their um, crafty beers are starting to be positioned as well and you're starting to see other uh, beers from these um, macro brewers being positioned in Ireland and that the reason is that even though it looks like it's a really small percentage, like 1.5% of sales and 0.3% of production, craft beer, they reckon, by 2017 in this country is going to be worth approximately $235 million. And the people who are reckoning on this are actually the drinks industry themselves. And, you know, apart from the tax complexities of opening up a brewery, the biggest problem is still the route to market. Limited tap space in pubs, limited pubs that will actually carry your produce. Being able to put it into bottles and get it sold, and being able to get it into off-licenses. And very often, even getting into pubs, like it's a roll of the dice against rotating taps and hoping your product is well-received enough to start getting noticed by a growing legion of craft beer geeks who, through their own evangelism, bring others along to these beers. And you two motherfuckers need Jesus. And you know what? Our craft beer brewers out there are offering tours, but unlike their brothers and sisters in the US and in the UK, they still can't sell on site without additional licensing. Craft beer tourism is hugely important. It's a fundamental part of, we have a very agricultural orientated society and economy as it stands. Agriculture is still hugely important. The production of craft beer and craft cider falls beautifully in with that stale, that tale and that sort of narrative around our agricultural society and why we eat. it still has great value out there and in, t- in terms of Ireland's position uh, economically in Europe. And last month, Howcast, which is a very, very popular channel on YouTube, they actually highlighted a great piece about craft beer tourism and I think, you know what, it just drives the point home immaculately and I think you should listen to it. Beer tourism is something that is building and building. For a long time, people would make the trek to Belgium to see the traditional Belgian breweries, and I really encourage that if you're able to do so. Also, people will go to 
Germany to see traditional German breweries, and England to see the traditional English breweries. Those are all areas that have had a long history of brewing and have you know, enough breweries and a concentrated space that you really can make a trip and see you know, quite a few breweries and experience some local bars and have a great time. But something that's really taken off over the past few years is American beer tourism. And I, you know, I can't even tell you the difference that it's made, you know, just in the past, you know, two years to the state of Vermont, with brewers such as Hill Farmstead, Alchemist, Lawson, um, and some of the finest beer bars. So what happens now is a lot of people, even from New York, you know, on their weekends, they'll drive up to Vermont, and they'll hit two or three of, you know, breweries that they can stop by and, you know, procure, you know, bottles of um, to bring home. Also, they'll stop by the local bars so they can drink some of that beer, you know, right, you know, in the environment. And a lot of businesses is really, are really booming um, as a result. More traditional places in the United States for beer tourism are places like Colorado, which has, you know, just an amazing concentration of breweries. Also, San Diego, there's, you know, just a, a many, many very fine breweries in each of these places. So if you're looking towards a certain climate or weather that you'd prefer to visit, um, you know, choosing, choosing one of those and you can't go wrong. But also, there are so many craft breweries that have opened up over the past 10 years that there's probably not a region where you won't find many craft breweries. So if there's a trip that you want to take, I would just go online and search out you know, that region and look for craft breweries around and you might discover the next amazing craft brewery that no one knows about or you might find that your favorite craft brewery is right there and you know there are just so many right now it's, we're really in the golden age of beer and going around to find your, you know, your favorite beers and you know, see where they're produced it's, it's a really gratifying way to spend some time Who you just heard there was actually Catherine Kyle from Howcast. Um, Catherine does amazing craft beer videos. She's a craft beer expert in the US and she does a whole load of them. I'll do a link to that video in the show notes and a couple other ones which I actually think are really interesting from her. Um, but what she says there is so true. We are in a golden age of beer, in not just in the US, but I'm talking about in the Western world, in Ireland in the UK, across Europe, beer is actually now starting to come very much back into fashion. Um, and I don't want to say that it's a hipster thing, because I think that's a crock of shit to use, even though I heard tell of a, a recent event, Bryce event, in Dublin City, someone actually had a really poor choice of words and referred to craft beer drinkers as hipsters, um, much to the chagrin of some of those who were attending. But I think it drives home an incredibly important point that these type of things where beer tourism and craft beer tourism can be hugely beneficial and can contribute greatly to the growth of local economies. For our brewers to be able to play their part, they have to be empowered and we have to enable them. You know, recently I was in with Niall and Alan from Rye River. And Niall was telling me how they're trying to sort out being able to sell beer on premise in the cafe. His sister's cafe, the Rye River Cafe, is actually being integrated as part of the brewery. It's going to be relocated on site in the brewery. And the plan is that they would like to not just be able to sell the beers that they produce on site in terms of two people, whether it's limited runs or some experimental beers, but they can also sell some for as people who take brewery tours, you know, as that sort of... Uh, 
uh, as a takeaway thing for off-premise consumption, especially small experimental or very limited runs. But the hassle of this just means buying licenses and getting them acquired. And, you know, it isn't just as easy as going and applying for licenses. You know, licenses are very limited, and they're either in one of two states. One, they're currently in use by someone who's either an off-license for an off-license license or for a pub license, in other words, to be able to sell uh, alcoholic beverages for someone to consume on site. Or there are re- licenses that are in a state which have been returned due to trading cessation or license suspension or something along those lines. And, you know, while a beer-only license, I think... I could be wrong on this, so if I'm wrong, apologies. But I think it's only about 500 a year for an off-license um, or to just sell beers. But, you know, that still contains complexities, which are obstacles to you being able to sell what you produce on site. I mean, it's ludicrous. You know, it's my belief at this point that the reason we're not able to do this and the why this legislation hasn't moved along and stays in its state of antiquation is because the people who are sitting in Leinster, in Leinster House, they don't give a shit. And you know, why should they care when their bar is packed full of the foul piss that emanates from InBev, Diageo and the rest, where they don't even need a license there to sell booze, nor do they even have to pay attention to even the licensing laws about the times that you can sell alcoholic beverages. And you know what? You should be able to, if you're an Irish craft beer or an Irish craft cider producer, be able to sell your produce on site. You should be able to sell it online via your own websites without the need of an off-license intermediary or distributor or to buy a a pub-type license. Because it's not a pub environment. They are two distinctly different things and saying that they require that is utterly nuts. You know, it's the 21st century at this point. I'm sure, like, we, we've we moved along as a society enough. And God knows, when you look across the border in the UK, they're able to do this. You look at any other European countries where you're able to go to breweries, and they're able to go and either buy beer on site or taste beer, be able to buy beers to consume on site to taste them in tap rooms. In the US, they're already there, and granted, like, they're ahead of us down the line with this. But I find it, like, insane that as an Irish person... I can hop onto Brewdog's website or go up onto McKellar's website, buy beers and have them shipped to me direct. Yet, like I'll give you a really good example of this. I have a real pain in my ass of late trying to put my hands on bottles of Galway Bays of Foam and Fury. Or even putting my hands on bottles of 8 Degrees Amberella. I would love to be able to go up onto the Galway Bay website or go up onto the... Uh, 8 Degrees website and buy beers from them direct whenever I need them. Or to do the same for a host of other brewers in this country. And I keep coming back to, like, why the hell does this problem exist? Like, why are we still at this point? But you know what? I could go on about this, or I could actually share with you something from one of the brewers in this country who was kind enough to drop me an email explaining their opinions and their thoughts on this. And I got an email from Adrian Hyde of Munster Brewery. And Adrian says... I'm of the strong opinion that our licensing laws as a country reflect the manner in which successive governments view the people, quote-unquote. We are, in reality, a young country nearing 100 years of independence. Our licensing laws are built from a viewpoint that essentially people are unable to make an informed decision for themselves, and therefore their actions in every respect have to be regulated, policed and patrolled. The plethora of regulators, regulatory bodies, governing bodies and the quangos to ensure we make the quote-unquote right decisions are testament to this. 
Our licensing laws, they stand, approach alcohol with the view that we are all unable to control our drinking and will end up drinking ourselves into oblivion. In my view, it's both insulting and offensive to the majority of people who consume alcohol that somehow an early closing time in a pub or nightclub is necessary to ensure we all turn, turn up for work the next day and it can only be described as nanny statism that we can only purchase alcohol in off-licenses prior to 10pm. In case of what? That there's a crush of people at 6am in the morning purchasing alcohol on the way to work? As a brewery, we would dearly love to have a tasting room. From our standpoint, it would be logical in terms of getting instant customer feedback to experimental brews and interacting with the very people on whom any brewery builds their business. Tourism and employment would both benefit. There is little reason as to why a brewery should not be able to do it, only that the legislation as it stands is built from the viewpoint that we are all immature children. There is little foresight or vision in the present legislation on how craft breweries can contribute to Irish tourism and generate significant employment both directly and indirectly. It would appear to me that the very concept of a brewery selling on site has been given little consideration by successive governments and it can only take considerable effort to have a government implement this into legislation. Adrian, I want to say thanks very much for sending this in. And you know what? This is exactly the issue. Nanny statism, archaic antiquated laws that benefit special interest groups in the drink industry. And frankly, it's a form of protectionism for large multinational macro breweries who are more than capable of withstanding, in my opinion, a microscopic tilting of the table in favour of helping smaller microbrewers get on the map. You know what? Adrian isn't alone in this. I've had an email in as well from John Duffy, who's the treasurer of Bure, who also blogs about craft beer under the Beer Nut. And he said to me, you know, a paraphrased anecdote of one of the Irish brewers which was told to me may be of use to you. When peak visitors come to my brewery, I show them around, show them how their local beer is made by local people from local ingredients as much as possible and making a contribution to the local economy. When they ask to buy a bottle to take away, I have to say I can't sell it to them. They can, however, go to the petrol station at the end of the road and buy a tin of Budweiser. Again, this is the reality, this is the truth as it stands right now, and it needs to change. But here's the thing, you're sitting there wondering, well, how the heck can we go and change this? This is an issue where craft beer consumers and craft cider consumers in this country have the power to help drive this. And they can do so for their local brewery with their local politicians. Make it a local issue. Make it an issue of local jobs, of local food production, local tourism. Politicians work for you. Email them, ring them, turn up at their clinics. Let them know that your local brewery or local cider producer exists and what it means to you and others in the local economy. Now, you're probably sitting there thinking, you know, Ian, this doesn't work. It does work. And I'll give you a great example of this. Uh, I think it was maybe last year or the year before. I can't remember which at this point. But I was actually involved in the Soap Ireland campaign, which started out... And I'm going I'm to give you a little bit of a whirlwind history tour with this. This started out as nothing more than I was looking at the legislation that had been sort of brought onto the table to be discussed one evening and I started a Twitter campaign with the hashtag for like SOPA Ireland uh, because the legislation itself in one respect almost echoed the uh, SOPA and PIPA copyright legislation in the US um, in terms of like the its drasticness and sort of the way that it, it tilted things in an inequitable manner. And 
It started out as a Twitter campaign and that was then jumped on board by people like TJ McIntyre from Digital Rights Ireland, Simon McGar from McGar Solicitors, Michaeli Nealon of Black Knight and Sabrina Dent and uh, John Handelar and John Handelar people will know from KildareStreet.ie. And these guys jumped on board and helped bring this to life. Sabrina created an amazing website. McKaylee did his thing, reached out as a business and let people know about it. TJ McIntyre and Simon weighed in as they always do for the Digital Rights Ireland stuff. And we made it a discussion in this country. We brought it to people's attention. And when I went to my own local TD, Catherine Murphy, for North Kildare, I went into her, I phoned her, emailed her, went in to meet her at her own offices. And I mean, I took time out of my own day to do this because it was important enough for me where it not only got to the point where the technical group wanted to talk about it, but myself, Simon and TJ found ourselves on a couple of occasions sitting in Leinster House and giving uh, details to various TDs and giving them information to help them make this an actual discussion. And it actually brought it out into people. And But the end result of this was we actually created the single largest petition in the history of the Irish state in terms of signatures and in terms of Irish signatures going to it as well. That was something that we achieved and it was only just took a handful of us to go out there galvanise. We encouraged people to get out and see TDs, go and meet them at their local clinics, ring them, email them and people went and did it. And it actually made it an issue and what was what we were told was coming back was that at one point we were asked to stop giving out the email addresses for TDs on uh, one of the supporting websites for this campaign because the mail services in Leinster House were being overwhelmed with emails from people where TDs were finding it difficult to be able to get through their regular amounts of emails because of this huge slew of emails that were coming through to them. Like it was actually very, very difficult for them. It made it uncomfortable. It disrupted them. It made them get into talking about it. Sure, the legislation didn't change and, and it still went ahead as it was. But you know what? people were able to stand up and at least know that they tried to make a difference. They, it got on people's radars. We're at this point at the moment where you're going to have politicians knocking on your door in the next couple of weeks and they're going to be talking about, oh, we're going to Europe and we're going to try and get you a better deal and all the rest of the usual bullshit that gets thrown out to us. You know what? Europe, as great as it is, you know, fuck it. It's not going to help Irish craft beer producers or Irish craft cider producers. You know what? Let the This thing of... <clears throat> We have to try and make everything global. No, it's not. Everything is a local issue. In the last couple of years, while our economy has been in the toilet, we've had our young people fl- leaving the country, going abroad. We've had young, young people leaving rural Ireland and moving to places, to, to large capitals, either going to Cork or they're going to Belfast or they're going to Dublin, and they're moving away. And as a result, all that money which used to be spent in the local economies, whether it's people moving to other cities in Ireland or moving or emigrating out of the country, it has decimated local communities and rural Ireland in a much bigger way. The majority of our breweries in this country, in terms of microbreweries, craft breweries and cider producers, our craft cider producers, they're not in this Dublin city centres. They're actually going out and about in rural parts of, of the country. Um, and we should be doing more to try and help them. And the only way we can help them is to tr- by making it a, an issue with these local politicians and saying to them, look, yeah, that's well and good that you're going in there, but you know what? We don't care about your European politics and the rest of that because European politics are not going to solve a local problem. European politics are about dealing with issues at the macro level. So go out and meet even current TDs that are sitting. 
go out and meet them, turn it up, turn up them. If you're a craft beer producer, get your ass out when you can, go and talk to your local TDs and your local and the European politicians. Make it an issue, make it a local issue. This isn't just about um, you being able to be a producer who can sell beer on site. This is a local jobs issue. This is uh, being able to help be a part of a driver to a local economy, being able to create local tourism and maybe the offshoots that come out of that as well. Being able to create local jobs and be able to create something which gives a feel-good factor to this. I mean, in the US, this is not a strange thing. You talk about going to particular places. You go to Denver, Colorado, and you're thinking about Oscar Blues and going there. You go out to San Francisco, and the first place, if you're a craft beer lover, you probably want to go to is, if you've never been there, is you want to go to the Anchor Brewing Company's brewery for a tour. Um, if you go up to Scotland, like you know, you're going up to Aberdeen, you probably want to go to Brewdog, or maybe you're a Brewdog head, and you don't want to go there. Like people come to Ireland and they want to go to the, the uh, Guinness Storehouse, and you know what the Guinness Storehouse, you know, for all its marketing shtick and its slickness and how and how it's designed and laid out, you know what it doesn't give you shit about what Guinness actually is. It doesn't actually. There's no one there to talk you through about the love and care that goes into Guinness, if any. But if you go along to your local craft beer brewery and you ask them for it, you go on one of their tours, they will tell you about the love, care, detail, and attention that goes in. They'll tell you about the, the, the trials and tribulations of actually finding a beer recipe that they wanted and, and the different phases they've gone through. They'll talk to you about why they've chosen certain hops, why they're using certain malts, why they're brewing in a particular way, how they're flavouring the beer aroma-wise, taste-wise, and trying to get the desired result from the finish as well. And they, if you ask them about their how what their plans are and what they want to do, they all want to be able to sell beer on site in their tap rooms. They want to have tap rooms like the US. But craft beer producers, you know, they're at the lower end of the totem pole, really, and we're not doing anything to help them. They have, they're not getting assistance from people like Board Bia. They sure as shit aren't getting assistance from people like Board Falcha. I mean, there the other day I spotted up on Twitter that the guys in Galway Bay are looking to arrange tours going through from uh, Dublin City to take people out to the brewery out in Galway and to a couple other craft beer pubs out that neck of the woods and that's an amazing thing for people to do but you know what that's a piece of tourism that if you were doing the same thing where you're taking people from Dublin City out to the Cliffs of Mohair I guarantee you Boardfault you'll be jumping on board because it's a craft beer brewery you know what I'm pretty sure Boardfault you don't really give a shit but they should because this is all tourism it feeds into those tourism figures and you know what without sort of like pawning a phrase from a very large multinational who doesn't give a shit about anything. Every little bit helps. And this is why it's important. So remember, if you are... If you care about your local brewery and your local cider craft cider producer, go and talk to your local TDs. Go and talk to these MEPs when they come knocking on your door looking for your vote. Make it a local issue. Tell them you want the, to be able to help your favourite brewer or craft cider producer, create new jobs, create new products, create local tourism, cre helps be part of the stimulus for the local economy. Because this is normal. This is absolutely normal in every other country, bar our one little fucking banana republic here, which is tilted in the favour of macro breweries and those with excessively deep pockets. And you know what, as part of this, 
you know, I'm sitting here and I'm pontificating upon my crate, as I usually do. Uh, and I'm actually going to go and I'm going to follow the same methodology that I followed through with the SOPA Ireland campaign. So in the next couple of days, a petition will be going online around this exact issue to do with Irish craft beer and craft cider producers. I'm going to be put, posting it up also in the Irish craft beer subreddit. I'm going to be putting it up on my own website, 11pmsomewhere.com. I'm hoping a couple of other craft bloggers out there in Ireland uh, will actually get behind this as well, blog about it because they have fantastic audiences as well. And I don't think there's quite an overlap yet where some... Where I can I could adequately say that all of my audience read their stuff and vice versa. And you know what, I'll also be putting it up on the Bure forums and on boards.ie and trying to avoid the boards.ie ban hammer in the process. That fucking thing hurts. Um, so when it goes out there, please make sure you sign it and you share it. And the reason this is important is every year in the lead up to the budget in Ireland, Bure, which is the Irish Craft Beer Consumer Association, makes a pre-budget submission around craft beer and craft cider in this country. And I want to be able to give them this petition as part of that to say, hey, look how many signatures we've actually got on this. And it is, so this is why it's important. Share it, send it. When I put the link up, go and do it. Make videos about it on YouTube. I don't care if they're selfie videos. Put it on, promote it on your Twitters, promote it on your Facebooks. If you have a LinkedIn, there's nothing wrong with putting it up on that. And let's help get some uh, some eyes on this very issue, which is to do ultimately with local economies being able to help themselves and local people supporting their local brewers and their local craft cider producers and to help them grow and be part of that pivotal point in the local economies. That just sounds like last orders. So I want to thank you for joining me yet again another episode of 11pm somewhere. You know, I want to give extra special thanks to Adrian from Munster Breweries and John for contributing to the topic on the show this week. I love when people contribute to the show and I want more people to feel that they can contribute. And you too can contribute to show topics when I put out the call on Twitter. You can send it in as an email. You can tweet me to put in as part of it. You can record an audio piece on your smartphones or your smart devices and send it in. Or if you want, you can send video contributions in. I'll link them up on the 11pm somewhere uh, YouTube channel. I'll also include them in the post and I'll take the audio clip out and I'll use it in the podcast show as well. And you will also get a shout out at the end of the show. Remember, each week, new episodes of the show are available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. What's Stitcher Radio? Stitcher Radio is the best way to find and listen to great on-demand and podcast content on your smart device without actually having to download the device. It connects in and it streams the podcast down, so you're not sitting there waiting for podcasts to download. It's a great way to actually go and do things. And you know what? If you listen to the show on iTunes or Stitcher, head up onto those particular platforms and leave me a review and a rating because they actually help promote the show and push it up in the respective podcast charts so it starts getting more and more listeners to it. And when we're talking about these issues about helping the Irish craft beer revolution move along and to keep that pace going... This is why it's particularly important. As I've said on the last couple of episodes, I'm starting to see growth in listenership in the US. So we're starting to see foreign eyes on this. 
I'm starting to see growth coming in from the UK and other parts of Europe as well. So it's not just in Ireland that I've got listeners to the show. So this is why it's important. If you want to hit me up with a question, comment or otherwise, you can do so on the Twitter at 11pm somewhere. Or if you want to join the mailback, you can send in an email to show at 11pm somewhere.com. So until next time, I've been me, you've been you. And remember, the last one left standing always settles the bar tab. Cheers to you, craft beer drinker, Addy. The Irish Craft Beer subreddit contains all the latest news, reviews, blogs, and posts from around the internet about Irish craft beer. To find out more, check out www.reddit.com slash or slash Irish craft beer. Join the revolution.